Today on the Pollinator Podcast, the seven things that drive the performance of your team, but training only fixes one of them. So welcome to the Pollinator Podcast, where we have conversations with the folks that can help all of your marketing and sales efforts actually put on fruit and bear fruit at the end. And today I have a very special guest with us. He is a uh, man who I've known for uh, probably well over a decade now. And uh, as the uh, kids say, he's probably not gonna like this, but uh, he actually started his career in human resources in the late 1900s, back with a uh, major multinational company. And then a few years later in the early 2000s started along with his brother and his wife, Miami Payroll uh, Center, and they have been building that business ever since. And uh, it is just, it is natural when you're dealing with payroll that you have to deal with uh, all types of HR laws. And so that expanded the, the reach, but his background is in instructional design. He has a separate company doing that. And most recently, and, and the reason I wanted him to come on to the podcast today is because his most recent venture is starting a, a company branching off to really get down to something that I appreciate as a former teacher. And that is actually driving an instruction to improve performance, not just meet compliance. And uh, we've had long conversations uh, about that as well. And I said, you know what, this is not exactly sales and marketing, but people are always looking to improve the performance of their teams, even their sales and marketing teams. And uh, there seems to be a big disconnect in how that actually happens. And so I wanted him to come on here today and give us some insights into what people can do to actually improve the performance of their team rather than just throw information at them. So Alex Santos, thank you very much for being here with us today. Thank you for that wonderful intro, Will. And yes, we have known each other now for over a decade. I know it's making, uh, that, that my, my kids brought that, that home to me, um, we were talking about some movie or something and now, now we're seeing it I'm like, oh yeah, you were, you know, you know, back when you went to school in the late 1900s, like, <laughs> just like Brutal. stabbed me in the eye. <clears throat> but anyway, a long and, and sort of career, one of the interesting things that I, I tell them is despite all this technology and all the other things that, that we've done, a lot of fundamental things around human behavior have not changed. And uh, even as a, a student in the classroom to when I was a classroom teacher and now, you know, out in the, the workplace and in these environments, like you know, were the uh, unfortunately, while the technology and things to, um, I guess, facilitate instruction and, and, and facilitate, you know, performance and, and all this information and knowledge, they haven't, they, they've gotten much more advanced, but they haven't really done anything to actually improve performance because people are still complaining about the same things that they were back 25 years ago, right? Mm-hmm. And we're still seeing the yeah. same kinds of, uh, of issues. So why don't you, in the, the, the quick, maybe the, like the quick question that I want to a- ask first is what, what actually is performance improvement? Because a lot of people, when you say that to them, like they think they know what it means, but then when they actually try to, to say it, they have no idea what sure. it actually means inside their business. I would even say, you know, what is performance, right? A lot of business owners that I work with don't really understand uh, what performance is. And performance is a neutral term. And performance is merely 
you know, someone's uh, ability to perform a given task. But performance is neutral. It's, it's not positive. It's not negative. Um, it's not until you apply a, a criteria to it, you know, um, and just to use a, you know, a sports analogy, you know, what are, you know, stats like, you know, Jordan averaged, you know, 46.2 points per game throughout his career. That's a criteria uh, by which we use to evaluate everybody that came, you know, after Jordan, uh, like LeBron and, 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 you know, Kobe and everybody else. Uh, so performance is a neutral term. Um, and one of the, I guess, I don't even want to call it a mistake. One of the things that I see a lot of business owners do is they conflate, you know, performance improvement with performance development, right? Uh, HR has kind of hijacked the the, the, the PIP, the, the performance improvement plan. It's always dealing with, you know, uh, negative issues and, you know, the employee has to change this and we're not happy. And it, it, it's always very negative. Um, whereas, you know, they should be working on, you know, proactively developing the performance of their employees, uh, of everybody on the team. Yeah. And I, I, I definitely want to dig into, into that because I, I see that as a huge disconnect as well. And you know, mm -hmm. obviously you're, you're looking at performance in, in all kinds of areas, but, uh, mm -hmm. but we did talk about, and you know, most commonly I I'm called in to talk about, uh, you know, sales teams because people can mm -hmm. look at, you know, an individual sales team member and they're like, oh, you know, their, their performance sucks. And that, that's probably maybe one of the best examples or the easiest examples because there is that, that metric tied to it, right? Like, you know, what's your, mm -hmm. your close rate or anything like that. And, and it, it's easy to see in a lot of other areas, like, you know, how, how do you measure performance in the accounting department, right? Like what are the, the, the metrics around there? And, and so to your point, it becomes, you know, performance improvement is just like, are they not a drag on the business? But does, it, it really has to be, you know, what is, what are the metrics that you're tying to the performance of the business or the, the, the growth, the goals, whatever those strategic objectives are, are people being measured on actions on their, their performance in these certain tasks that are moving the business forward, not mm -hmm. just not sucking the life out of, of this. That should be like a, a bare minimum. If you're talking about yep. performance improvement, like their, their performance has to be leading to a business in, uh, improvement uh, as well. Sure. And, you know, you just said something, uh, you know, the criteria, you know, where does it come from? Uh, one of the mistakes that I see business owners doing is they don't have on paper uh, objective, you know, qualified uh, criteria by which to measure uh, their employees or their sales team's performance. Um, a lot of them go, you know, a lot of business owners go off the cuff. And, uh, you know, to, 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 to someone in HR, it, it goes back to the job profile or what we call today a job description. Uh, where you've got the behaviors that somebody is expected to perform on the job, uh, but you need to apply to every one of those behaviors, you need to apply a criteria. Uh, somebody in accounting, right? How do you measure their performance? Well, I would think uh, accuracy, um, speed. I mean, you probably want your your, your bank statements reconciled monthly. So if you know the bank statement, you know, 
uh, is ready you know, by your bank and then delivered to you via an email link by uh, the second of each month, I don't know. Maybe you want the bank that your books reconciled by the 10th of the month. That's a criteria. You know, hey, the accounting team has to have the bank statements accurately reconciled by the 10th of every month. Yeah. And then you got to hold people accountable to that every month. Right. Right. Because you, what, I, was it? It was dimming or one of those other guys said you don't uh, mm -hmm. you don't get the behavior you expect you get the behavior you inspect. Exactly. Yeah, right. that was uh, the the old chairman of uh, IBM. <laughs> so yeah, if you don't hold people accountable to those standards, uh, you know, again, accountability and, and follow up, um, you know, if you don't inspect that performance and give feedback, you know, performance is just going to. So that's kind of a. It's kind of a quick win up front, right? Like, so the, the, the first thing to improving performance is actually coming up with a measure of what you're going to, 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 to measure. Like, how are they, how is their performance being judged and establishing that criteria, right? So there's, there's number one. And I want to get back to, all right, now how, once you have that, like, like where, where you're coming in now and like developing instruction or developing the, these processes and, and ways to actually affect that change but come back and, and kind of kind of give us the, the the journey of how how you how did you get to here like why is this relevant this is a relatively new venture for you even though you've got a, a lot of, of experience and kind of branched off of what you were already seeing in you know, doing payroll and and working with uh, folks and, and kind of the compliance side of things. So what, but what led you to, to actually want to come in and, and focus on performance improvement? Um, that's a great question, Will. Um, what led me to, you know, Nimble Advisors and why we want to focus on performance is um, I see too many business owners, too many managers, too many leaders, uh, too many other human resources practitioners devoting 90% or more of their time to compliance issues. Yeah. And to me, you know, complying with the law, I mean, it's the bare minimum that a business has to do. Compliance is not optional. You know, laws are meant to be followed. And, and I get it that as an HR consultant, there are, uh, there, there's a great business in helping, you know, the small business owner uh, comply with all applicable HR laws. But what do you do after your business is in compliance? And I kept talking to my clients and they didn't have an answer. And they said, well, you know, we're in compliance. I hire them. I give them a paycheck. I, ex I expect them to do what they're supposed to do. And, you know, I, I, the further I dug, I, I realized that a lot of these business owners, uh, they lack the training in performance development, um, even though it's performance, you know, Human performance technology has been around since before Deming, you know, the 1960s, the military did all sorts of, you know, experiments on how can we improve performance. Um, you know, uh, the behaviorists uh, then came by, you know, with a Skinner and then, you know, we, we think we've got the solution. And, you know, then you had, uh, you know, Thomas Gilbert and, and, and whatnot. This, this technology has been around for yeah. a, a while. But this is not something that if you're an entrepreneur or a business owner or a manager and you, you're working on your business and you're chugging away and, you know, uh, dealing with the day to day, 
you know, issues of, you know, your website and your accounting and everything else. This is not something that, you know, you, you, you pick up along the way. Like I said, a lot of business owners, um, they kind of, you know, wing it when it comes to developing well, their people. And I, I, I think you, you shared a story of a mutual friend that you, know, you were kind of having that same conversation with. And, mm-hmm. you know, the, his comments back, well, I, I, I hire him and I just, I expect him to do the job I hire him to do. All right, well, what, what actually is the job, right? Or how, how do you know they're doing what, how do they know? that they're doing what you hired them to do if it's not clearly laid out. And then you go look and you mentioned the job description before, and I've definitely helped some folks put together job descriptions for like marketing assistants or you know, sales assistants I actually hired the salespeople and we're putting together this job description. And, you know, generally it's going to be kind of subjective or we're not, you know, we're not putting actual performance numbers in there out on the, the public job posting. Right. But a lot, a lot of them don't do any deeper than than just what's on the job description, and like they never go to like, all right, what actually is the the the, the metrics that we're going to to use? And I, I find in sales a lot of times, you know, people still want to look for that, uh, you know, commission only salesperson. Like, well, that's their thing. You know, they're go- they're going to to figure it out. And, you know, if they want to get paid, but that's very few sales roles these days. And even if that is like, you still have to go in and be able to measure the leading indicators and, and other things to, to ultimately be able to drive performance because there's a cost associated with everybody, even if they are a hundred percent commission, which very few are, and you have to be able to, to get them up to, to speed and kind of have that, that runway for them. And so do you know what, what they are expected to be able to accomplish with proficiency by what, time. And you know, to your point, most people are just trying to, to keep their head above water you know, every day, deal with the competition, deal with all the changes in the environment, uh, in the, you know, in the market and things that are going on economically. They just, they, they want to hire people like, uh, like, you know, like everybody said, they, they want to be able to hire somebody to come in and, and fix the problems that they have, not create more problems. But unfortunately it doesn't really work that way. Doesn't work that way. Hope. It's not a good business strategy. Definitely not a good HR strategy, right? No, definitely not a good HR strategy either. So tell me, tell us some more about the, so obviously that's the big mistake, right? That, that, that people make is just like, they don't have a plan and planning. We know what they say about planning to, uh, failing to plan. Right. But now when, when you're coming in or, or how you're, you're seeing this or some of the, the, the folks that you're having these conversations with and, and you're able to, to do that, like what should they actually be doing? How should they be looking at, you know, the, these issues? Cause I, I do know a lot of people that are, are frustrated and they, they don't just fire everybody, even though they feel like they just want to fire everybody because nobody's doing their freaking job. And, you know, I can't get these people to, to perform and I, you know, I give them all this information or I give them all the resources or they have all this stuff and they're just not, not doing anything. What, what are the other gaps and how do they change that? Uh, look, not, not having that detailed, uh, you know, job profile for every position. That's mistake number one. Um, having outdated job descriptions and profiles is mistake number two, you know. 
every time your business strategy changes, you should be asking yourself, you know, in order for me to, you know, adjust the business, how are their behaviors going to have to change? Um, and then, you know, once you've got that, right, then you have to start asking yourself, you know, you go point by point uh, with that job description or profile and you, you want to label, you want to look at your team, right? And, and, and look at every individual and look at that job description. If you've got two monitors or, you know, you can put them side by side and just go point by point. Is this a strength or a weakness for this employee? Okay. Uh, and this is how you begin to, uh, you know, another mistake that I see is trying to develop too many skills in an employee at a time. Uh, you really want to focus on, on on one. You don't want to give the employee a hodgepodge of things to work on. You know, hey, I want you to improve these, you know, 10 skills by the end of the year. Uh, let me know what you need and, you know, we'll touch base then. Uh, no, you want to methodically go, okay. Let's see what your strengths and what your weaknesses are. Um, you want to kind of put the weaknesses to the side, right? Like like Buckingham said in his book, you know, good to great, you know, focus on people's strengths. And then you want to basically look at an employee's strengths, see which ones are, you know, the, the employee's performance is just he's at the top of his game. Right. Those are what, you know, what are called exemplary strengths or skills. Right. That that employee does this thing not only better than anybody else in your company, but better than anybody else you think in your industry. Right. That employee is an exemplar exemplar performer of this task. And then you want to find what are the expandable skills that the employee, the employee, you know, he performs kind of like at the company standards. You're okay with it. He gets the job done, but you're sure he's not the best in the industry at that particular strength or skill, right? So you want to look at an employee or a team member and you want to, every single thing in your job description, you know, is it a strength or a weakness? And then the strengths, uh, is it something that is expandable? Or is it something that, you know, you feel that the employees are already the best in the industry at doing? All right. So going into to the exemplary, you know, the, the, or excuse me, the, the expandable skills, right? This, this is kind of like that next step of, all right, you know, at least you, you've identified what those metrics are. Now you've identified, you know, all right, here are the skills that they need to actually improve these metrics. And hopefully we've tied the metrics to the, the, the growth goals of the, the company too. And they're not just some random metric, but now like, how do you, how do you actually go about in, to, in, in doing that? Right. And especially if you're a small business owner, you know, like you said, you're, you're tied up in, in all these other things. If I'm looking at my, my sales team, you know, there's all kinds of people out there kind of, uh, doing, you know, offering sales training of, of, of one type or another. And it's one of the reasons that I don't position our, our company as a sales training company is because so often the training fails, right? Because it's just giving more information and it, it does, you know, the, they, they could say like, all right, these guys have to get better at, you know, cold calling or, you know, I've gone and done that for a bank before. It's like, oh, you know, none of these guys wanted to, to do cold calling at all. 
like, all right, we, we can come up with an all day training, but it can't just be this all day training that they're going to be in. Like they, what are the, what are the managers going to do? How are they going to reinforce that? And you know, what, where, where are the, the things going to, to be? So if a small business owner is looking at a particular thing that they want to, to improve, what do they have to think about in terms of how am I going to continually reinforce this and kind of nurture that development and that improvement? Because it's not, unfortunately, dealing with people, you know, it's not something that you just buy a piece of machinery or you plug in or you upgrade your computer software or, you know, we're not in the matrix yet. You know, they can't just download the, uh, the behavioral modification. It's, yeah, it's not, it's not a lack of information that is driving the poor performance 99 times out of 100, right? They know what they need to do. Sometimes there are those gaps, but more often than not, they know what they, they need to do. They're just not doing it for, for some reason. So how do they, how do, how do you, as a small business owner, create that, that environment or the processes or the things that are actually going to, to lead people to where they need to be? Sure. And, and, and look, you, you, here's, here's another trap, right? That you, I, I, I'm not sure if you quite fell into it, but I know you tiptoed your foot into it and that is jump to training, right? Um, when you're talking about developing someone's, uh, you know, performance at any one of those expandable skills that you identified that your employee has, um, there are seven known factors that influence an employee's performance, okay? N lack of knowledge or skills is one of those factors. You've got motivation, you know, how motivated is the employee to do this thing, whatever is the task. Um, you've got talent and fit, right? Is the employee even a good talent or fit for your organization, right? That, that influences how well his performance um, goes. You've got the environment, you've got tools and resources that the employee uses to perform. Um, you've got um, systems and processes, right? Sometimes, I'm sure you've bumped into this, you know, uh, the, the, the system is broken, right? That the employee, you know. Um, so jumping to a conclusion like, oh, let me put this employee through X training without looking at any of the other, you know, seven factors is is one of the things that i would caution business owners to to not jump to because as you know uh training is a very expensive solution and it's the solution to one very very specific problem mainly that the employee does not have the knowledge or skills to perform a given task right but before you jump to you know hey let me solve this you know uh, expandable strength or skill in an employee uh ask yourself you know you got to ask about the other six things, not just is there a training that the employee needs? You know, is is there a tool or resource that I can, you know, acquire for my company that will help this employee and the rest of the team perform better? Um, you know, motivation. Am I compensating my employees properly or are my employees, you know, uh, you know, on, on, on the job boards on Sunday nights because they know that your competitor is paying a couple dollars more an hour than you are. You know, if you're not competitive, the employee is not motivated. Um, the environment, you know, plays a factor, right? A lot of people, 
especially in HR, you know, we coach you know, a lot of business managers. There's, there could be something going on in the in the employee's, you know, personal life uh, that is affecting his or her performance, right? The employee might be going through a divorce. He might have just lost a relative to, uh, you know, some disease. Who knows? But th- there, there are seven factors that you've got to look at before deciding, hey, okay, this is the course of action that we got to take in order to expand this this skill and this employee. Well, I, I can think of a perfect example with one of my, actually, I think it's one of our mutual clients. Uh, I'm sure it is. Um, and, you know, a law firm and it's been growing you know, fairly consistently um, over the, the, the last several years. And I remember when I first engaged uh, with this firm, it's probably five years ago, I think we we're, were talking about the other day, but the very first thing was uh, she wanted to improve the, the conversion off of these pay-per-click leads, right? Because you're spending all this money on, on pay-per-click leads, but she's like, well, you know, none of them are converting. And, you know, in, in her mind, it's like, well, my, my receptionist just needs to do a better job of, of filtering these out and, and, and bringing it in. And it would have been very easy to like, yeah, we can do a, you know, kind of a, a, a intake training and, you know, lead them through this process. And I've certainly done some things before uh, like that. But in digging into it further, and, you know, all these other factors that you're talking about, like, all right, what's the, the systems process? All right, well, how how is it actually coming in? Or, or what is the quality of the leads? You know, we have to do a, an analysis there. Like, all right, how are they being recorded on the actual? What's happening to this other part? There was all these other factors that were going into it. And yes, they did need a new script to, to be written because that had all kinds of issues in uh, in it as well. And so it became this much more holistic project. And it was being able to, to go in and really look at all these different things instead of just saying like, all right, well, you know, your receptionist doesn't know how to answer the phone or you know how to say things. Like we had to improve all of these things before even getting to that. And then once we got to that, now, you know, it, it, it changed uh, uh, the dynamics around a lot of different things. And it also uncovered once we, we saw an improvement in her performance with leads from other sources, then we could objectively come back and, and say like, all right, the quality of these leads is actually like, we're sure it's bad because her performance has improved with leads from all these other sources. But from this particular lead source that has improved, that's a quality of lead issue. Right. But without having those, metrics and being able to, to understand and having a process to, to be able to analyze those things, it would be very easy. And I've seen a lot of people do it. It's just like, well, you just need to make them better at closing or you need to make them better at, at you know, bringing people in and getting, getting these bookings. I'm like, that's not going to solve your problem. Because and if, if you do, yeah. and, you know, eventually that person's probably going to, to leave if, they're, if they feel like they're being held to a standard that they cannot attain or they're, they're not giving the resources and yeah. everything else to be able to do. Yeah, that's very, it's very demotivating for the employee um, to be, you know, treated that way. I mean, look, another, another trap I see a lot of business owners, uh, you know, whenever I have a client that tells me, you know, oh, so-and-so, you know, is not performing. One of the first things I ask Will is, you know, well, have you told them? that they're not performing to your satisfaction. They say, oh no, you know, I'm too busy. Well, you know, one of the factors that drives performance is expectations and accountability. You know, if if the employee's going about his day-to-day work, 
and he's not meeting your some expectation that you have as a leader or manager, and you do not communicate that to him or her, um, how is the employee supposed to know that he's got to up his game? Got to be awareness. Got to be awareness first. And got to be awareness. There's a. I am sure that there's a lot of other things that we could dig into and kind of examples. And just as you were, you know, talking about that, you know, the, those other factors, you know, that uh, similar client was worried about or, or frustrated with the conversion and they went and paid for a lot of extra training to, to come in. I'm like, we, we need to, to look at what's going on in this, in the, in these consultations and why the conversion is so low. You actually have a problem here because the the attorneys that you want to, to sit in that seat and do these consultations, they don't want to be there because you're measuring their performance in another area by how many billable hours they do, but you're not giving them credit for the time that they're in there trying to convert new clients. So you're, you've got a misalignment of your metrics with the, the reality. And as soon as we went in and said, all right, now you, you get credit for being in these consultations, they had a, a huge bump, like double digit, digit bumps in their conversion rates because now they didn't have it going in the back of their mind that I need to get back to, to, to doing billable work. And they could focus on that prospective client that was in the, in the seat. Yeah. All yeah. of these other little factors. And, and, and that's why, uh, that's why, you know, I, I tell, you know, one of the things that I'm trying to do with nimble advisors is coach business owners on, Hey, listen, let's, let's tighten up your job profiles. Let's, let's, really look at the metrics that you're you, you want to track so that you're not just eyeballing your employees performance right let's really look at your 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 team's strengths and weaknesses on you know individual by individual let's look at each individual's strengths and then let's for each individual let's take one strength at a time that's expandable that you feel that they can improve on and let's look at the seven factors that influence performance and let's see if we can, you know, agree with the employee what should be the course of action, uh, you know, some kind of an action plan to develop that strength or skill. And then, you know, to, to close the loop on the, the, the fourth step of the process, well, is follow up. Yeah. Follow up, well, follow up. So I, I was going to ask you, like, what, what should people be looking for in a, a, a company, you know, because we, we've got viewers and listeners all, you know, all around, um, you know, mm -hmm. I'm sure with modern technology, like we're using today, you know, you could help anybody anywhere, but if there are plenty of HR consultants, right. That will talk about, um, compliance issues, right. They, they just, they're generally working that small business. There's not a lot that I've met that, that actually want to get in. And if they do have a, a performance question or something like that, they talk about it at a, at a high level, but nobody that's actually getting into to drive things. So if somebody's looking to actually get somebody to help them improve performance, I, you know, I think you just kind of hit uh, a lot of things, but I, I think it'd be really helpful if, if, could you, could you recap those seven things, the, the seven factors real quick and kind of the four steps in that process? Sure. Um, the, the, the four step process, right. Is, Identify as you know the, the employee's strengths or skills that are uh, exemplary versus expandable. Right? Exemplary meaning they're the best in the industry. They're the Michael Jordans of doing that particular task. That's step number one. 
Step number two is going strength or skill by skill and, you know, analyzing what is driving that level of performance. Why is this particular employee uh, performing this task at this exemplary level? What is it about his, his, his training, uh, about his compensation, his motivation to do this? Um, what is it about the tools and resources that he's using? What is it about the um, environment? You know, looking at each one of those, you know, strengths and skills and really analyzing what's driving either the exemplary or the expandable level of that performance. Uh, and then taking the expandable skills and looking at the seven factors that drive performance and see if you could meet with the employee uh, and, and, and discuss, you know, you've got seven factors, right? You've got uh, talent and fit, I would say is the first one, right? Um, environment, tools and resources, systems and processes, um, clear expectations and accountability, knowledge and skills, and lastly, motivation, right? Look at each one of those factors and say, okay, which one of these, you know, prescriptions are we going to apply to this expandable skill or strength of yours to try and develop it up to that exemplary level, okay, to make you the best in industry at doing that. Uh, creating an action plan, okay, is step three. And step four is follow-up, you know. Uh, and then the cycle, you know, an another thing that I try and teach business owners is that, you know, I mean, developing your people is is one of those responsibilities, you know, uh, of, of leadership and, and, and being a manager that is nonstop, you know. Okay, so you, you took an employee and you developed his, you know, close ratio, you know, but hey, yep. development continues. Let's go back to your strengths. Let's pick another yep. one. Now let's go improve the, okay. the cold calling. Um, let's go prove your networking, lead generation. Your prospecting yeah, whatever. or your networking or, you know, whatever. Uh, developing your people is, is an iterative process well, that never stops. It's it's a responsibility of, of managers. I, I think, you know, I, I appreciate, appreciate about you so much. And, and you know, we had that, that this kind of conversation earlier, but it's not even that it's just a, a responsibility of, of leadership. Like that's true across the board, but for smart leaders, they understand that fundamentally the only competitive advantage that any company has left is how well they develop their people because whatever product or service and, and key differentiating point you think you, you have in the market, Somebody's going to come along and they're going to, to copy it or they're going to improve over it or they're going to, you know, even if you think like, oh, I can I can attract the, the, the best talent. Well, can they can you stop them from being poached by by these other folks? Right. The, the only way that companies can truly differentiate themselves is how well they develop their people, environment, all that other kind of stuff goes into that as well and, and to, to maintain them. But if you can take somebody who's coming in and has a, a, a good set of expandable skills and now you can make them exemplary and you can repeat that process, then you don't even have to worry. You don't have to worry about them being poached out you know, for, for higher rates than you because you can constantly have a, an influx of, of new people and new talent that's being developed and being cultivated internally. And I, I think that's a, a big parallel 
with, you know, kind of what we, we talk about in, in sales marketing as well and why all of this is really about, you know, really comes down to, to strategic communication uh, all throughout everything that we're doing uh, in the business internally and externally. You should trademark that the last competitive right. advantage. There, there you go. Now we'll, uh, I'm, I'm sure. everything, everything else can else be copied, can be, right? Everything else. And people, I mean, and realistically, right? Like people can come in and try to copy your processes, right? Or, or like, here's our improvement plan, but can they copy how well you execute it? And is it tied in the culture? And that's where all the other things, yeah. but that's probably getting into a completely different topic and a, uh, a completely different episode. Yeah. So, with that, sir, I will thank you very much for being here. Tell people how they can get in contact with you uh, if they want to learn more about the, the steps in this process, the, the seven factors, uh, you know, how you can help them with that. What's the best way to get in touch? Sure. Um, best way is, uh, you know, either through email, uh, alex at bynimble.com. Uh, check out our website, www.bynimble.com. Um, shoot, shoot me an email, get in touch. Um, like I said, we'd be more than happy to help, uh, anyone, uh, learn how to, you know, use a, a, a proven method, uh, to develop their people. Well, I hope everyone can take all these great lessons that, uh, Alex shared with us here today and use them to go get your hands dirty, building something great. Be well. <laughs>